Good evening. Our reading this evening is Psalm 121, and it can be found on page 622 in the Church Bibles in the chairs in front of you. That's Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Well, let's pray as we begin, shall we? Father, thank you for these words in this psalm that we can bathe in this evening. Thank you that through it you invite us to lift our eyes to you. We pray that by your spirit you would be doing that for us now as you light the words on the page and apply them to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've ever been uh, a parent or a grandparent or a supportive friend or, or member of family at the audience, in the audience at a primary school uh, show or, or younger, um, then you'll sort of get what this psalm is saying in the first verse. That moment when all the kids troop out onto the stage. Uh, we've, we've not long had sort of end of term summer shows at uh, the school nearest us that my kids go to and, and, and all the kids troop out onto the stage in various uh, homemade costumes and they're scanning the crowd in front of them. They're, uh, half of them are on tiptoes to try and see over the, the people in front of them, uh, lifting their eyes to the crowd to spot the person who's come to watch them. Maybe you even remember that feeling if you ever uh, looked out uh, under a sort of a tea towel from a nativity play or, or something like that. Scanning the horizon, looking for the, uh, the person who's come to watch you. I lift up my eyes. That's what the psalmist is doing, isn't it? He's scanning the crowd while scanning the horizon. I lift up my eyes to the hills, to the mountains. Where does my help help come from? So often the world, I think, tells us to to look inside ourselves for strength, to dig deep, to, to help ourselves. But where does the strength to even start to do that come from? The child has the confidence to walk out onto the stage in the show because they know that there's a person there to see them. Or if they haven't made the show because that does happen, uh, then they know that there's someone rooting for them. The psalmist says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. I scan the horizon. Where does my help come from? Uh, this uh, Psalm 121 is, is often called a, a pilgrim psalm or a, a traveler psalm. 
And it's uh, a song of ascents, as, as Ben said, and that's the series that uh, you've been looking at. And a song there, then that the, the Jews would have sung as they made their way to the, to the highlands of, of Judah, where Jerusalem was for uh, annual feasts. And uh, there were no uh, perhaps real roads as, as we uh, have them now, but trodden paths across valleys, along rivers, over mountain passes. You can imagine how this psalm might have been sung or chanted or, or said together by the hopeful but, but desperately weary pilgrim. Travelling for days, uh, their feet are sore, their muscles aching. Jerusalem, the end of the pilgriming, pilgrimage, seems uh, far and uh, almost unreachable. And they say, uh, the, as they still see the, the hills of Judah in the distance, or maybe they break into song, I lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? And the answer, of course, comes, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's as if his eyes are scanning the crowd uh, in the show and suddenly he sees his father. He knew he was there, but, but these moments, these times can make doubt creep in. They can blind us to what we know. And then he sees him. It's you, Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We're invited to lift our eyes this evening. It's you, Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it's not a surprising answer, really, is it? Given that description, the maker of heaven and earth, it's not surprising that that's where his help comes from. But I wonder if we really get what's being said sometimes. I wonder if we really get what it means. It's something that we need to remind ourselves of, isn't it? The claim of Christianity is that there is a God. I mean, that's amazing to start off with. But a God who is the maker, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of everything you see, hear, smell, touch, the maker of all things, and of course us. I get asked this question at, uh, when I go into to St. Andrew's school to do um, assemblies or, or class times or sort of big question uh, uh, um, uh, prayer and reflection spaces. And, uh, and it always comes up, who made God? If God made the world, who made God? Maybe you've asked it yourself or maybe uh, you've been someone who's been asked it and you've sort of stuttered through an answer uh, um, and, and sort of said, you know how a baker makes bread and, and we're like the bread and speaking of bread, are you hungry and, and here's a biscuit? And then you go off and hide and avoid the question. Uh, but the psalm gives us a window into the answer, doesn't it? God is the maker. He wasn't made. He's the creator. We're the creation. It's not a simple concept in, in one way because we think with our human lenses on. And so we, we, we think, you know, everything is made at some point. The bread is made by the baker, but the baker was made as well. The baker had a mum and dad and so on and so on. But the Bible starts in the beginning, God. God isn't a creature. He has no creator because he was never created. He's always been. God has always been since the beginning, uh, 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 eternity past to eternity future. The maker of heaven and earth. And when we get that, well, where else is our help going to come from? He's the source, the center. And yet we get to lift our eyes to him and call him father. 
And so the psalm continues and it starts to describe this maker, this father in more detail. He will not let your foot slip, we're told. Uh, maybe you've had the, um, the privilege and responsibility of, of helping a baby to start walk, uh, to start to learn to walk. Maybe you've had that where uh, 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 your, your own family or, or in a, a toddler group or, or something like that, and uh, you've had someone learning to walk kind of grab your finger or grab your arm, and, and they launch out. We were watching um, uh, videos of, of our kids when they were little the other day. And we saw uh, each of them, uh, kind of videos of them learning to walk. And uh, and it's amazing, the, the thing you notice, babies pull themselves up, don't they? And they grab your finger or your arm or your leg and, and they launch out. Now they take intermittent steps because they're, they're learning to walk and all the effort is going into lifting legs and using muscles that haven't really been used in that way before. But what they're not thinking about is I wonder if this hand is going to hold firm. They don't think twice about what they're holding on to and how steady it's going to be. They grab your hand and they launch out. There's no sense of them weighing up whether uh, you're going to let them go or whether it's safe to put their full weight on you. The psalmist is saying here, he will not let your foot slip. With as much certainty as the baby grabs their parent's finger and launches out into a walk. Of course, as he carries on the analogy of, of, uh, you know, us watching, uh, baby videos of our kids and me being the father starts to drift because he says, uh, he who watches over you will not slumber. He will neither slumber nor sleep. Now I've fallen asleep mid-sentence reading bedtime stories. So, uh, This isn't me here, but this father, our heavenly father, will never slumber as he watches over us. Will never fall asleep. Always watching. And you can kind of hear the psalmist reminding uh, themselves of this at the same time, can't you? They're they're both the narrator and the subject. Saying to themselves, uh, he will not let your foot slip. He will not... Sleep as he watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Remember, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. That's imagery there. It's not saying that that God is better than spraying on sun cream. We need that, particularly at the moment. But he's saying that he watches over you while the sun's up and the moon's out. All day, all night. It's a great picture, actually, though, of God as shade, isn't it? Um... For us in the in the UK, shade is a nice thing. I mean, even more so maybe at the moment uh, when we've had a hot day. But uh, in lots of places around the world, shade, shade saves lives, doesn't it? The people first hearing this psalm would have would have got this straight away. It's not just a, a nice shady place. God is your shade. Now, on the long pilgrimage to Jerusalem, there would have been every danger of the burning sun. And so the image of shade becomes all the more important. And yet what it makes it even more poignant, the Lord is your shade. Not the Lord will make you shade. Uh, not the Lord will magic a, a tree or an umbrella to give you shade. The Lord is your shade. Just think about that imagery for a moment. To create shade, something needs to be in between the person and the burning sun. So that that thing takes the heat from the sun and the person is shielded from it. 
Everything in the Old Testament is pointing forward, isn't it? Uh, pointing forward to Jesus. Every page whispers his name. The, the psalm points us forward to Jesus. To the one who stepped between us and not the, the son's rays, but the father's right wrath and anger at the sin of the world. And he absorbed it, shading us. He took the full force on himself so that when all of that was dealt with, when it was poured out and absorbed, we could come back to our father. The Lord is your shade. The sun will not harm you by day. The moon will not harm you by night, the psalmist says. And then we get this last stanza, the last two verses that sum it all up. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. And there's immense comfort there, of course, in those words. But do they leave us with a question? The Lord will keep you from all harm. Is that true? Because I stubbed my toe yesterday. He didn't seem to see that one coming. Or, of course, more seriously, we might say, I've been through real pain in my life. Or maybe I'm going through something at the moment. And yet, this says the Lord will keep you from all harm. How does that work? Well, a few years ago... um, For Remembrance Sunday at St. Andrews, we heard a story uh, of uh, a man called Ernest Gordon. You may know about him. Uh, I read about him in uh, a wonderful book called War and Faith. And he was a Scottish captain who served in Malaya uh, during the Second World War. He spent three and a half years as a prisoner of war in Changi. He suffered horrendous treatment, uh, conditions, and, and yet... He witnessed also such self-sacrifice among fellow prisoners and such grace in the face of hardship that through their example, he became a Christian in prison. And on the 15th of August, 1945, the war in the Pacific ended and freedom came and, and Gordon stood on the outskirts of Bangkok and looked across the hills towards Chiang Kai and he recited the words of Psalm 121, words that he'd learnt from a, a Bible that he'd uh, found on a, on a book trolley that had come round uh, in one of the prisons he'd been in. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist doesn't speak of a life without suffering and pain. That's not what we're talking about here. It speaks of a God who is unwaveringly with us through it all. That's the God who Gordon came to know in that prison that prompted him to to recite those words as he looked to the hills. Eugene Peterson, a pastor, author and theologian who who died a few years uh, ago, wrote these words uh, when talking about this psalm. The Christian life is not a quiet escape to a garden where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord. Nor is it a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare blue ribbons and gold medals with others who have made it to the winner's circle. No, the Christian life is going to God. 
And in going to God, Christians travel the same ground that everyone else walks on. Breathe the same air, drink the same water, shop in the same shops, read the same newspapers, fear the same dangers, and are subject to the same pressures, get the same distresses, and are buried in the same ground. The difference is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by our God. We know we are accompanied by him. And so we're invited this evening to lift our eyes, to fix our eyes on him. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen.